Hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds and markets for MLB, NFL, PGA Tour, and oh so much more. Also, great new and existing user promos. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook because it's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings in as quick as two hours. And of course, any day there's a game being played, you can play a same-game parlay. You can buy multiple bets from the same game. And there you go. It's a same-game parlay discover the most popular ones each day right when you log in and if you're new just download the FanDuel app to get started just make sure you use the promo code minus three so they know we sent you and with that said Eddie Spaghetti let's start this show minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3. Much to kibitz about. Pro football is nigh. We're going to talk about it with our main guy, Jeff Schwartz, in just a minute here. All things pro football. Top of the brain here in the middle of July. Training camp is on the way. Got to talk a little hockey free agency here at the top. And uh, also, just a quick play for you. Eddie Spaghetti, your Yanks rallied to defeat the game Red Legs. Um, on Wednesday, I suspect that they'll do that. Just a, a quick one to get the ball rolling here. Um, bet along with us, fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three. I like Cortez. I know he hasn't been great of late, but I think that was probably an emotional gut punch to the Reds yesterday out of, after they uh, jumped out ahead. Are you with me? Do we need to belabor this one, or do you have any pushback on your Yanks at home in the Bronx? I'm totally with you on this one. I think after that awful, I mean, one of the worst losses of the season when Garrett Cole had an amazing outing, and then uh, Holmes in the, on the end of the game blew it. They lost that game. Then yesterday, uh, the game they were playing, they were down early, and they come back and win an in extra innings. I think that reversal, the little spark they got, they'll kind of get back on track, so I'm totally with you. I think they'll win this game. Yeah, Castillo is a nice uh, pitcher for those red legs. But uh, as I say, Cortez on the hump. I say, don't just survive. Live, lay the run and a half for the home team. You get that at plus 106 and uh, bet along with us there. Now, Eddie Spaghetti, before we get to Schwartz and pro football, it's almost here, everybody. It's almost here. We just have to indulge baseball and such for a little while longer, and then it's a deep dive all the way in to to the pigskin. But uh, hockey free agency, Johnny Hockey, the big ticket item I thought we would be talking about Geno Malkin's return to my favorite hockey team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm over the moon about that. I've made my case for why I think that's true. I won't go in deep on that then. How do you feel about, first of all, Vinny Trocek? A nice a nice addition to your guys there. Some nice wheels, defensively responsible and all that. Do you think your blue shirts are looking a little bit better today than they were at the start of the week? I do. I think, you know, obviously the Rangers go and sign him. They don't even really look at uh, Cop or Strom, who, uh, you know, Cop goes to Detroit and Strom goes to Anaheim, also with Frank, uh, Frank Vetrano, who, by the way, I loved, and it's very sad to see him go. He was a great spark. Me too. Uh, I him. thought he might got, I mean, you know, the the former, we, when we talked to our guy Josh Yowie here from The Athletic, he said that uh, Jim Rutherford almost had a deal to bring him to Pittsburgh um, a couple of years ago, and I'm now glad he's just on the other side of hockey um, North America because he was a real plague for the Pittsburgh. Frank the Tank, lo- he, he loves to grip it and rip it. He shoots the puck a ton. He's great in the back check. Uh, he was an uh, awesome player. I'm sad to see him go. But uh, the Rangers really didn't even consider bringing back Ryan Strom. They didn't really... 
uh, looking to bring Cop. I understand Cop is more of a wing, but Trocek is a guy that wins faceoffs, and that's like that's number one like reason why they had to get him. Uh, obviously, the age thing—he just turned twenty-nine a few days ago, so he's still very young. Um, you know, the the salary he gets per year is relatively low. Obviously, that's why they gave him the seven years thing, but that doesn't really bother me because look, the Rangers are in the win now window. And you have to bring in top end players to, to achieve that. So having him as a number two center, if Philip Heal doesn't win that, now they have some depth there, which is great. And uh, he's a guy that clearly Chris Drury loved. Uh, that's why they targeted him from the beginning. So uh, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. They filled a huge need, and I'm glad they got their guy. Well, yeah, so your team got better. We can debate whether or not my team got better. I like it. Call me nostalgic. Call me an old softy. I think this is fine. And by the way, for all the people pushing back, I don't – you know, what's going to be in three or four years? I don't know. I don't have the crystal ball, but I do like the idea of it does matter. I know that chasing championships is what they say it's all about. It's not all about that. First of all, the Penguins have won three cups. And so I'm fine with, um, you know, I, I feel uh, nice and cozy in that position. If this is what Crosby wanted, if this is what Latang and Malkin wanted, um, I think that this is good news. I think they've earned that right. I know people will debate whether or not, you know, hardo sports guys will debate whether or not they have earned that right. But I do think the journey over as a, a recurring theme for me, journey over destination with sports. And um, I think uh, Stanley Cup is great. That is the ultimate prize. But these three guys playing together for now, it's not just 16 years. It's going to be presumably another. Uh, it's going to end up being 19 or 20 years playing together. That's something special and something that will resonate. Maybe not as much as a Stanley Cup. I don't know how you quantify these things. But that trio is going to play together in with the angry penguin on their chests for two decades. I think that's marvelous stuff. I think it's a real treat in the age of free agency and people should stop being so curmudgeonly or at least take a moment to acknowledge that, you know, listen, if they're bottom of the basement, then it becomes embarrassing and bad. And I will, uh, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong like the late great Jerry Orbach did. But they're still going to be in the mix. They may not win a Stanley Cup, but this is still a cool deed that no one can really rival. And by the way, they haven't missed the playoffs together in 16 years. So, um, you know, I, I, I find it hard to summon much pessimism around this. I completely get it. Now, your thoughts on Johnny Hockey. This is the big upset. We're burying the lead here. Johnny Hockey was going to go to the Devils unless he went to the Flyers, unless he went to the Islanders. The Columbus Blue Jackets, what in hell? I I mean, this was, I felt better after this signing than I did after my own team's moves. Like, I just, I, I saw this happen, and I was like, not only is it not going to the Devils, who I hate, the Islanders, who you could argue, I mean, I know they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they were, the, like, almost the Cups favorites in some books um, to, to win, and now they were kind of missing a piece. And then the Flyers, he went to the Flyers. I wouldn't have been too upset. I was actually hoping that because he would have just rot there. I don't think then with Tortorella's head coach, they're going to be bad for a, a number of years. But the fact that he goes to Columbus and not a, like it's just not our main rival. I was elated. I it's shocking that a guy like he, you know, Calgary's offering him like ten million. It was like the, the numbers were insane, and he didn't want that. He clearly wanted to play in the states. Okay, fine. The Devils are offering him more money than Columbus was. He took a discount to play in Ohio. And don't get me wrong, like I, I think the Ohio, you know, Lion is there. I think there's some good goal scoring pieces there. They could make a playoff push, which kind of leads into your point about the the, the the Penguins, is like that 
I, you know, I, you know, I say what you want about the, the you know, running it back with them, but I think that some teams made a lot of improvements that could actually steal a playoff spot, and I think Columbus is one of those now getting Johnny Gaudreau, whereas the Devils now, no shot. The Islanders, I still think, are missing a piece, and I'm not as afraid of them. They don't really have the high-end scoring threats that used to. Weird move trading your first-round pick for a defenseman who, you know, some people are kind of iffy on, so, I'm not, you know, their, their GM... Uh, hasn't won a cup since the salary cap was instituted. So I'm not that afraid of them. And like I said, the Flyers are terrible. I mean, wow. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, there were reports that ho- uh, Johnny Hockey wanted to be closer to family and friends, but he's not doing that now. Like, I know. He, well, he, got, he, he did, but he in Ohio. Why didn't he I, make I, the, the extra journey, the <laughs> the extra couple few states to get I over mean, there? It's bizarre. Did he, did he really hate Cal- – is Calgary really that bad? I mean, I know – and I've heard Columbus is actually a great city. I know not as a, 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 not a top major city, but maybe he – it just was like dying to get out of Western Canada, and he goes into to Columbus, which could be a fun town for him. But uh, I guess something about the roster he liked, maybe the coaching staff he liked. Uh, I, nobody wants to play in Newark. Nobody wants to play on Long Island. So that's what it really comes down to. So I am I am elated by this, and I was ready to hate Johnny Hockey forever because obviously I went to BU, he went to BC. I saw him win cups, uh, you know, the championship there um, with the Eagles. So I was like, I'm going to hate this guy forever. He's going to be public enemy number one once Sidney Crosby retires, and now he's in Columbus. I'm like, all right, that's great, man. Go do your thing, Columbus. And he makes them a much better team. They actually had they had a stretch last year too where they actually kind of pushed. You thought maybe they could make the playoffs, and I think this year is a real possibility. So good for them. I agree. Great move. I think. I think, right, I think we trade out from last year to this year who the, not contenders are necessarily, but who's going to take up those slots in the Wales Conference and make the playoffs. I hear your noise. I do think that some teams are going to fall back now and other teams um, are now all set to rise up. Um, but uh, what, you know, really one of the bigger stunners, I, I, I know that there aren't as met, nearly as many hockey fans as there are pro football fans, but this is borderline Reggie White signed with the Green Bay Packers what this is this is loco this was a stunner to um everybody who follows it the people who were all over where Johnny Hockey might land for him to land in Ohio is uh is really loco stuff and by the way um you made a great point when we were talking about it off the air with the penguins and and you know whether the there's wisdom in the penguins bringing back these guys in their mid-30s and seeing if they can make a a cup push they seem to believe they can so that's everything You, you you said had they gotten swept by the rangers in the playoffs this wouldn't have happened i think that's a keen point by you um i think the fact that they feel like rightly boy we're we're a goal away from advancing past the Rangers. We're in this thing. We can we can and then those same Rangers go on to the conference finals. Right. The the Pens are doing the math of like we're not that far away. Where we obviously had we survived the Rangers, we would have been in that position too. Had they gotten swept, I think probably things play out very differently. It's a it's a smart point by you, and we'll see. A lot of people are with you that people are, that the the Penguins organization is going to look back and rue having done this. I, as I said, I, I I'm on the record as saying I think it's a good thing. I mean, you know, twenty years in the same uniform in the age of free agency. It's not everything. It's not a title, but it is something that people will look back on in twenty five or fifty years on the banks of the three rivers and beyond and say, remember when that, that hockey team had the same three guys on it for, I mean, it, it is so, it's so anomalous that I think it's remarkable. I, I, yeah. And I, I get what you're saying. I, I think, unfortunately, 
I, I mean, if more people thought, more Pittsburgh fans thought the way you did, it would be a lot easier to swallow. I think the problem is a lot of people now get in this prison of moment mentality, and they see, oh man, these guys in their mid to upper thirties, and a couple of years from now, if they're like, if, you know, they're playing half a season, they're still getting, you know, paid this much money. They're like, well, who cares if they're still wearing the same sweater? We haven't made the playoffs in a few years. We want to, we want to win a series actually, because we haven't done that in quite some time. And you know, from my perspective, just saying it as a person, look, as a Rangers fan, I'm thrilled because I don't, I wouldn't have done those moves as a person who wants to talk about this objectively if you want to stay in the playoffs and you want to win a series I think the better move was to let Latang go and let Malkin go Raquel you could convince me that's fine there were players out there that I'm not saying because you guys are never going to really be in the Gaudreau hunt, but there were players out there that could have, you know, helped kind of bridge it to the next generation of Penn's players. Like there were a lot of guys out there. There were the Trocheks, there were the cops, there were, you know, all the guys, the Ranger guys that left. Like Strom, those players, they could have helped you in those, those middle lines and maybe got you into the playoffs, maybe win a series. But now it's it's one of those scary. It's a roll of the dice because if Malcolm plays 50 games and you're missing him, that stinks. If Latang potentially gets hurt or slows down a bit, um, that's going to hurt you. There there were. Some pieces out there that I thought they could have brought in to to help push the the, the playoff push because we know you have some goalie issues here and there, but um, you know you you best better hope that those guys stay healthy and they could actually get you into the playoffs. Because if not, I, like now there's teams out there that are improved. I mean, there's so many teams out there that have got a lot better. So now it's like it's a way scarier. T- and yeah, you could argue yeah, Boston may drop back. I think the Capitals are not going to be as good. So there are some openings, but it's it's the East is still tough. It's still very tough. I listen. I you're, you're right about everything you just said. Um, I, to me, may, maybe it just boils down to me being a scaredy cat. And also, I think Ron Hextall, the general manager, is a little bit cautious. And um, those two things add up to just because there are players out there, they, it, it's I, I make the analogy to like, you know, it's fun when you think about like, oh, it's time to find a new apartment. That's going to be a neat experience. But then mm-hmm. when you're actually in it, you realize there, there also comes the anxiety of like, oh yeah, other people like that apartment too. And you have to bid against them and the landlord has to choose you. And just because you like the apartment doesn't mean you get to live in it. Same thing with free agent guys. Yeah, I would, yeah. Well, the, the, that guy's out there. That'd be a great guy to get. Doesn't mean he's going to sign with you just because you want him. Other teams want him too because he's valuable. So um, as I say, maybe that's me being a little scared. I, it would have been the great unknown. Okay, so you're gonna let Malkin go. Sounds sounds okay if you get a stud to replace him. The problem is, who's the stud? Is he definitely coming? Because I don't know that uh, that that would have added up that way. You know, Kadri's still out there. Would he have been a viable guy? Would they have been able to afford him? I don't know. All I know is I have my nice comfy blanket that I've known for a decade and a half, and I'm going to continue to wrap myself up in it. All right, let's move on now. Let's talk pro football. And, uh, well, with Jeff Schwartz, I do want to talk about that. But first, Eddie Spaghetti, this baseball season, you can turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000, just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel's going to give you $1,000 back in free bets. If you don't win, told you all about the great promos that you get every day. It's safe and secure. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code MINUS3. Again, the word MINUS, the number three, to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. All right, now let's take a quick break. 
All right, everybody. You know him. If you didn't know him uh, until two weeks ago, you surely do now because he has been in the eye of the storm talking about all things college football, the giant shakeup of 2022. I wonder if we'll look back someday and point at this calendar year as the one where college football became, uh, began an inevitable drop towards uh, irrelevance. We'll talk about that in just a little bit, but I want to talk pro football as well. He knows all things football. He is our main man here on Minus 3. You can track him down on his own podcast. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you, and he's doing all sorts of digital stuff over there at Fox Sports. It's the aforementioned. Jeff Schwartz, what's the poop, fella? Not much. It's nice to talk some pro football for a little bit because I have spent the last, as you mentioned, like three weeks. It actually has only been less than two weeks now um, talking about this whole you know USC-UCLA thing. And so it's nice to kind of get back into, into some pro football. This past weekend, I was in Dallas for the O-line masterminds. And so it was nice to talk some pro ball. Dude, it was, you would have had, you would have had a blast. I know you're a football historian. There was Willie Rofe was there. Steve Hutchinson, uh, Baldy was there. Schlereth was there. Uh, Willie Anderson. So like all this kind of like old veteran crew, obviously two Hall of mm-hmm. Famers in there. Willie should be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, best right tackle ever. Um, and um, man, it was the best. Like the stories. It's just so interesting how, you know, Steve Hutchinson last played in 2012. And the game is so different now. <laughs> like, it's been like 10 years and just the difference in, in football now. So it was, a, it was fun weekend to kind of get reimmersed back into some NFL. Well, good. And yeah, and good for you and your guy Duke over there doing great stuff. And the the big boys club that you did once again in front of the draft was gangbuster stuff on uh, on Fox Sports Digital. Make sure you track that down, Try, talking to all the high profile offensive linemen, much like you used to see that one uh, former NFL head coach sit down with all the QBs of note yes. and go over film and everything else. You do that for offensive linemen and it's a great service. And I still support your longstanding idea of just as the Manning boys get together and talk things and from a largely quarterback perspective, it would be cool for somebody to be the, the, uh, the third screen experience for offensive linemen type people to really show the, the love what's it. going down. Cause that's the part that we, everybody can use their eyeballs and divine whether or not the quarterback is good. Nobody really knows what's going on in the offensive line. I Agreed. think it would be a great I'm service in. for you. Um, All right, let's talk pro football here and let's start. I noticed that there are a few as as kickoff and training camp before it draw ever closer that now everybody's doing their rankings of of this, that and the other. And, you know, I love doing the rankings and I want to talk about quarterbacks and all that. And the list that offended a million voices that Lamar Jackson wasn't ranked in the top 10 by executives, according to ESPN. We'll do that in a second. But first, the other one I'm seeing a lot of is. Who are the unvalued, uh, the, the undervalued teams right now? You know, I keep hearing Saints and Lions and all of that. There's one to me that people are leaving off the board that is not, a, a team that's not getting a lot of buzz as a legit Super Bowl contender this season. How say you? Give me one, give me four, give me eight if you wish. Um, you know, it's so interesting because this used to be a, a thing, a part of what we did before gambling became popular and you used to be able to like pick a couple teams and no one was really doing this type of thing. Like, give me your surprise team. And you would be like, ah, but now it's because of gambling. Everyone's doing it right. Everyone is doing this surprise. So it feels like at this time, everyone's discussed all these surprise teams. The lions are interesting only because they would be a surprise team, but their quarterback stinks. Like, they have a lot of talent. If they had any other, anyone else playing quarterback, you'd be like, yo, you know, almost seven, eight wins possibly this year. 
Um, surprise teams like, I mean, I think the Panthers with Baker Mayfield can win eight or nine games. I agree surprise. with that. I am I am in on the over there, over the it's not six a and a half. Surprise to me if they do that though, because I kind of think they they're, they're going to do that with a healthy Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, well, they count though. I mean that that people people get away with claiming teams that were in the playoffs last year, and uh, yeah. and, and I'm about to do the same I, I because mean, the, the, I'm talking support, about value, how they're perceived, the, and whether or not their name is being floated yeah. as a team that could win the Super Bowl. Sort of like the Bengals. Everybody wants to figure out well, who I, is so this year Cincinnati Bengals. I would, to me, it's the Ravens, and I don't really think that. That offense we've seen in the playoffs now has had trouble. It's a small sample size. I get that. But I think they're the one team everyone's sleeping on right now. They were like, what, seven and two, eight and three before Lamar Jackson got hurt. And that was with half their roster on the injured reserve. Um, and they're going to win 12 games if they're healthy. And typically, when you're really beat up one year, the next year, you're very healthy. I know there's some roster adjustments, especially in the offensive line they've had to deal with. And again, the wide receiving group is, isn't the best. Um, but Dave, they're going to win 10 to 12 games, 13 games. Like They're going to be really good this season. Um, and I think people aren't talking about that. They're all, to your point, they're all in the Bengals. Um, you know, the Browns, obviously, you know, who knows what, what they're going to be. Pittsburgh's going to be Pittsburgh. Um, I think the Ravens, for me, are that one team. And they still have, like, the fourth best odds in the AFC. They're not that big of a surprise. But I think people are not really talking about what they did last year and what they should be able to do this year. I... Fully agree with you. I am way in on over nine and a half wins for that, yes. which happens to equal the, the season win total forecasted by FanDuel and others for the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody has assumed that they will keep their role going because of Joe Burrow's presence and what appears to be a loaded roster. They fixed the only deficiency it looks like that the team had a year ago, which was the yeah. offensive line. I I know it's more mystical but Super Bowl runner-ups in the 21st century do not fare well. They also Correct. have a first-place schedule to yep. contend with. It sounds like we'll see Deshaun Watson is going to play some games this year. I'm not sure exactly where they're going to fall. I on just don't get how that's possible, but I just – I don't get it, man. I mean, we've had – I don't either. We'll see where it comes down. I mean, I just don't players. know how they – I don't we've know how they're going to explain away the Calvin Ridley comparison. Well, here's why. Here's why, Dave. You've been, you've obviously covered this league for a lot longer than I have. You've worked NFL Network. Um, the thing about the NFL when it comes to the way they view their product is they view it through the integrity lens first, right? Like what's going to hurt our integrity more? And this is terrible to say out loud. I've said it before. I'm not anything I haven't said on my podcast or anywhere else. They view the gambling issue – as hurting the integrity of the game more than Deshaun Watson's issue, right? Because when 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 the story about Ridley came out, what did everyone do? They ran to the internet. They put up seven plays where Ridley looked like he ran out of bounds too early, and oh, he's fixing the game. The game is fixed, right? Like that hurts more than Deshaun Watson because I don't. How many people are tuning out for Deshaun Watson? No one. But if the game is fixed, people are like, "Well, why am I going to watch this fixed product?" Right? Like that's the way they view it, and that's why they don't. 
those two punishments aren't the same. Six for domestic violence. I thought it was a mistake. I, I remember saying, I don't even remember what year it was that Goodell took over as commish, but one of his first deeds was to announce that he's going to clean up player. I mean, the the player conduct policy, I said in the moment, this is a mistake. Do you it think is. you're going to be mistake. able to clean up the behavior of guys off the field? And here we are, whatever it's been, you know, almost 20 years later, I guess, 15, 20 years later. And obviously... Uh, human beings, some percentage of human beings are still are still going to cross the line of the law and otherwise. And yeah, and I always say the NFL isn't a court of law. It's a it's a right. professional sports league. And so I agree with you about all that. I'm just saying it's a bad look, though, obviously. It's a terrible Calvin look. Ridley's, Calvin Ridley's on the uh, in street clothes and Deshaun Watson's out there playing. It's a terrible look. I, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson and those yeah. Ravens a little bit. But let me tell you my team. OK, don't say the, the Chargers. Team, do not do not say the Chargers. Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't do it. Can I? I think the cynicism around the Chargers is is strange, but we'll talk about them too. The team that is the most undervalued. It when I am looking, just anecdotally, who might win the Super Bowl this year? You know who nobody is talking about? The defending champion, Los Angeles Rams. That's true. No That's buzz. True. No right. buzz about this Zero. team. Zero buzz. They're um, better than they were last year, right? Am I missing anything? Anything that would no. cause them to fall back? I mean, if you can argue maybe Whitworth's retirement, but no boom fills in pretty well left tackle, I guess. I think it's because, A, no one cares about football in Los Angeles, like, to be honest, right? I mean, you're in L.A. Like, how many Rams flags do you see after they won the Super Bowl? Like, when the Lakers win the Super Bowl, or the, the Lakers win or the Dodgers win, those car flags are up, right? The flags are... Like the Rams, like, all right, cool. We won a championship, whatever. Like, there's not much excitement for the Rams. In Los temperature Angeles. check, temperature check. Schwartz, you were just here in L.A. Yeah. Eddie Spaghetti, you're obviously a New York guy. I'm a Pittsburgh guy. This is the experience of being a Los Angeles sports fan. Some people who are L.A. natives move across the country to live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Others yeah. of us move to L.A. Um, so it's it's a hard market to crack. Obviously, people bring their allegiances with them. But Spaghetti, weigh in. Do you sense that there is greater interest in the LA Rams and or the Chargers than there was, let's say, a year ago. It's You know, it's a, a weird thing, too. The Rams got here, if I'm not mistaken, in 2016. It's yes. been a minute. It wasn't, yeah. it was, it feels like, oh, yeah, remember when they got here 18 months ago? No, no, no. they've been here for a little while now. I mean, Spaghetti, I, I, I think the, the winning helps uh, any franchise, but I, I think L.A. is what it is. It's always going to be Dodgers first. It's going to be SC and uh, in less, that's that's in the Lakers. Yeah. And it's like the Lakers Rams. first. Right. I don't know. I, think, if, I don't know if Lakers think, are first, but I, I would say that it's probably if I were to guess it, it would go like if they're at their peak, it's Dodgers like Lakers, USC football. Kind of like hmm. it, it just depends with that on the Super Bowl night. OK. And so far. I was driving from uh, from Manhattan Beach north up the 405 to get back to my parents' house after the game. 30 minutes after the game, okay? Now, I have not experienced after the game in Arizona or Tampa or anywhere else, New Orleans, but you would not even have known, Dave, there was a game being played, a Super Bowl being played. 30 minutes afterwards, what? what Inglewood's what? I don't know, three, four miles from the 405? Like, you have no idea. There was, and, and, and I know SoFi is kind of set low in the ground. You can't really see it. But like, I drove by, I looked toward Inglewood, and I was like, oh, well, like, I, I there's, it looked like it was even a game being played. It was Super Bowl night. And so I just don't, I think that's part of it. But two with, with LA, 
I think there's still kind of like some cynicism with Matt Stafford. You know, like he just mm. he you know the last month of the season, I was calling him Matt Goff. Like he wasn't very good, and then he just got better down the end um, and played really well down the stretch. There's also you know Tom Brady's back. Aaron Rodgers has been good for a while, and for me with the Rams. My concern is just depth. Like they're very top heavy, right? They're very top heavy. Look at, at you know, at Stafford, obviously, at Cup, at Donald, at Wagner, now at Ramsey. A couple injuries here and there, Dave. Like, that's it. Like it's going to fold, and that's that's what happens with a lot of teams too. But I think it's just kind of Stafford. They're in Los Angeles. That whole thing. You're right, though. You're exactly right. The Rams are a team. No one. If you were to pick like winners for the season, everyone you know is going Bills, Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks. You know, maybe someone throws a Packers in there. Um, but that feels like the Rams are, are being excluded from, from the discussion. I think there's also kind of around what you're talking about with that the Rams and specifically Stafford didn't look great in November and December in stretches there. They lost some games and lost them bad. And remember when the Niners hammered them up in, uh, in San yep. Francisco or Santa Clara and all of that? And I thought, well, this is a phony team. I think that that lends itself to making the playoffs. I, there's a little bit of a, um, I, I don't think people, it resonates. I think these playoffs had some of the most exciting moments we've ever seen, but I think the the um, result of them, that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Well, that's part it's of it almost too. Hard to, it's hard to fathom what happened. Still, months later, what happened to the Chiefs in Arrowhead in that second half? I what, don't get what, it. what the power outage was owed to, I can't imagine and that the Rams you know went into Tampa and beat Brady and the the way things broke and everything it didn't it doesn't feel legitimate on some level that it all went it doesn't resonate because it didn't equal what we saw for the vast majority of the regular season and I wonder if that has something to do with an extra game 17 games that uh yeah you know the Colts were the best team in the AFC at, at some point you know for a long stretch as a matter of fact and they didn't even make it into the into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, so I, I, um, I'll float the Rams, but I am with you on these Ravens, um, as a team, by the way, 10 and a half. So there's some respect there from FanDuel in their win total. I, I, hear, I, see, you I also spook me on I, the injury front. I feel like the would, Chiefs are I like, do we, the Chiefs are still good, right? Like we agree everybody, like they're still going to be good this year. Like the idea that like they're going to have this major fall off, I just not is not of this earth. Of my well, you idea. put that stink on me all the time and say like I, I make well, it the, as though I'm a Chiefs the, hater. The Chargers, or I, I'm just the Chargers routinely underperform. It makes sense to be like I don't know. I don't trust them this year. <laughs> oh no, I, I trust them this year. They're going to of the course. Super Bowl this year. Let's hear. I think they're going your, to the Super Bowl this year. Have you talk me out of talk me out of that one? Oh, Buffalo, talk me out of the. Uh, the 10 win, the, the season win total for the Chargers is 10. Are you going over or under? I think it's about perfect. Because why? Do you, uh, is your skepticism uh, about Brandon Staley? Because it certainly can't be um, with any part of the roster at this point. No, the roster is really good. I just kind of want to see Staley for another year. You know, I, I think he says the right things, and, and I like his aggressiveness at times. Um, you know, but kind of what, you know, what is he doing in year two? But the division is very hard, right? Um, I will warn people about Denver too. Look, I just think that we're, we're getting a little bit too excited for Denver. Like, so we have a, a brand new coach, head coach for the first time. 
The last time he called an offense was in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. Okay. Now it's Blake Bortles, but no, it wasn't very good offense, right? He goes to Green Bay. We know that LaFleur calls the offense there. Now he goes to Denver, new quarterback. He's his whole offensive line has been built to do one thing. Now they're asked doing something else with the outside zone stuff. Brand, kind of everything mixing together. I just think we're, you know, a little, a little much on there. For me, the Chargers just, Dave, like there are some organizations in sports we just you just don't bet for good things to happen until you're proven otherwise. I feel like the Chargers are like that, right? They just they, could they win 13 games? Certainly can. But they just like don't. I don't know, man. I just don't trust them. All right. Before we project ahead, let's one last attempt by you who is a Chiefs obsessive and an Andy Reid um, supporter like none other. Yes. Yeah. What happened in that second half? Well, you, you've now had half a year to contemplate. Um, what, what the hell? It was That really is one of the yeah. more undercovered elements of that postseason. Just um, like they just completely pooped the bed. The game, yeah. Tyreek Hill gets tackled before the half at the goal line. Um, and the game was over if he scores a touchdown there. Instead, the you know, the game would seem like it hangs in the balance, but you know, coming out of the half, I think most people probably thought, all right, the Bengals are semi-lucky that this game isn't over yet, but the Chiefs will put it away now, and the opposite I mean, happened. I mean, they, the Chiefs had first and goal, what, the five down three, and you're like, all right, they're just gonna, you know, we'll punch us in and, and win the game. Um I think everything bad that happened this year all happened in one, in like one half, right? Like all the bad traits for this last season happened, right? You had, um, you know, Mahomes got a little bit scrambled in the pocket a little bit, got a little, got a little happy feet. The offensive line was run blocking their asses off. I don't know why they just didn't run the football. They were, they ran the ball like four times in the second half for like eight yards a piece. It was insane. Um, there were some, some routes that were incorrectly run by wide receivers. Um, it, you know, just it, everything just kind of happened all at once. Um, and it wasn't, it was, this just didn't happen, man. I, I don't know. I still don't know how to explain it. I, someone told me at the time, and I obviously do not think this is true, but they're like, if you had told me that Mahomes threw the game, I would have believed you. You're like, I just, you know, that's how it looked like. You're like, what the hell's happening? I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I want to, let's, let's work some conspiracy angles here. I, cause that, like, it was that level of poop the bed. For not just Mahomes, but but for the team in general, but, but, but Andy yeah, specifically but Andy for fifteen. Had, but Andy Reid has had these before. Like that's the thing is like, it's not the first time. Um, you know, up twenty-one to three against the Titans a few years back, right? The Mariota uh, same pass game. We were we were up thirty-eight ten in, in twenty thirteen on the road in the third quarter and lost forty-four. Excuse me, forty-five forty-four. Like it just like it just seems to happen sometimes to him. Um, my just my scheme thing besides kind of like the fun with the you know joking about is like I just think at times this happens not just with Andy Reid but we'll use him for example so when you're an offensive play caller you go back to what you know best right so like when the Niners are struggling what what does Shanahan do he runs the football right run, run the football when Andy struggles when his, when his team is struggling what do you pass the football we're gonna pass the football that's what we do we pass the football and you just kind of get in this like one track mind of finding the best pass. I have to pass. I have to pass. But that's it. In the second half of that game, just run the ball. In the second half of our game against against the Colts now eight years ago in the playoff, you just run the ball. We're up 28 points in the third quarter. If we go three and out by running the ball, we've taken what? Four minutes off, five minutes off. Like we, we're, we're moving the ball at least. 
We also have an opportunity. You know, we're rushing them for five yards to carry two. What if we get two first downs? Now we've used six minutes off the clock. Like, just like run the ball. Like, trust your dudes. I think that in that game, he just didn't run the ball in the second half. It's not that simple. But, like, you get into this, like, I need to throw mode. I need to throw myself out of it. And that, that I think, hurts him at times as a play caller. I'll take that as your apology. If you, you know, I know you don't want to Apology for it. what? Because I told you, they better figure out how to run the ball at some point. You said they don't need to. You said that you said they could run the ball if they choose to. They can't. They it certainly can. To just throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, and now we see what happens. Well, they, they. I mean, but now we know that you know, according to Tyreek Hill, he's though his skill guys are, are better than just as good as I just say is the Chiefs. So I mean, they're going to be Dolphins are going to win a lot of games, obviously, because same thing as the Chiefs. Well, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on that one too. All right, let's. You mentioned Lamar Jackson, the them being undervalued and all that. Who'd win the AFC North if Deshaun Watson was the week one starter in Cleveland? Give me your one, two, three, four. Um, I still think I would go like, um, hmm, interesting. I think I would go like Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. Hmm. So the Bengals you suspect are going to slide back. Why is that? I, I, well, the you, head guy like, again. We, do we, we know see, that? Do we know that Taylor it. is definitely uh, a great NFL head coach? We we've seen, as you have mentioned, there's a Super Bowl hangover for every team that's not Tom Brady, right? Like every team that's not Tom Brady comes back next year, a little sluggish. That's kind of not the same. A lot of expectations now. Their schedules, you mentioned, they went from having one of the easiest schedules last season to having a much more difficult schedule this year. Um, and I don't know. I just I don't think they're going to be as good this year. Like just everything kind of broke their, they won what three playoff games in a row in the last play of the playoffs. Like, like if they, if they had, let's say they, they beat the, um, the Titans, right. That was week one. The tight, uh, who they beat in oh, Oakland, they beat uh, Vegas, right. They beat Vegas. Let's say they go to Tennessee and lose on the final drive of the game. Are they winning? Are, are we like, they're winning the North this year? Probably not. Right. Like I just, I, I I, I, think I could do this with every team in history, but I I always go back in my brain to the 2021 Bengals to the game in Denver in the late season. That's a game they really could have and arguably even should have lost. And if it goes that way, the magic of the Cincinnati Bengals is out the window. So yeah. um, or, or I, I hear what you're saying. Not blowing the game, get the first game in Cincinnati, <laughs> like. What goes on in a locker room, though? What would you say, Jeff Schwartz, longtime football man, what would you say if you were put in charge of the Cincinnati Bengals to sort of um, to inoculate them from what has plagued all their predecessors as Super Bowl runner, runners up this millennium? What, what, what could be said? Because Don't. it does feel like it's a mindset thing. Maybe it is more practically a tougher schedule, but... Um, you know, the roster is better than it was a year ago. Yeah. The schedule, again, is harder. But what is there anything that could be said to be like, don't feel too good about yourselves, boys? Like, I mean, what, what, what are you supposed I mean, to say? I, as I, the think, head coach? I think Zach's going to say it, but I really think the hard part is nowadays with, with, the, with the press, you know, kind of in your face with the press, with social media, is that you just hear the praise all the time, right? And the expectations. Like, you, you're going to hear everyone picking them to win the, the North, everyone picking them – to play Buffalo, I'd imagine, in the AFC Championship game. Um, and it's the it's idea of complacency, right? Is when, A, can you manage 
expectations now, but two, are, are you just going to kind of go through the motions because you know it got you to where you were last year? The tough part, and again, I've not played many winning teams. <laughs> it's hard to say this, but I played enough where I know and I know the mindset of a lot of these teams. And you know how this is, and even just in any walk of life, right? Like if you complacent because you think you know how it's going to go, then you typically slide back, right? And the first time that happens, sometimes you don't realize like I'm doing it and then it kind of takes like a like a spark moment to, oh, shit, I'm not, I need to do more, right? And everyone can say, I'm going to do more, I'm going to do more, I'm going to do more. But if you're a player on that team or a coach, you're like, it worked last year. Let's run it all back. And Zach Taylor's not been in the spot before. Now, so now, too, you're going to have teams spending entire offseason studying the Bengals, where they spent the last offseason studying the Chiefs and the Bills. Now they're studying you. They're studying you now because you're the top dog in the AFC. More eyeballs, more scrutiny, more national TV games, more, again, more eyeballs, more expectations. Like, it's just a lot, I think, for a young team to have. And, um, you know, in Kansas City, they had this, right? But they had Andy Reid, the head coach who's been through all of this, right? The entire staff, right? His training staff, his coaches, his front office, they've all been with him long enough where they've seen, they know how to handle those expectations. The Bengals haven't been. And so I think that's part of this kind of hangover thing that happens for teams that lose a Super Bowl. Um, okay. Now let's play a little game I've just come up with in my head here off okay. of this ESPN QB list here. I want to see, and maybe I'll mix in some of my own names to, to um, jazz it up along okay. the way here. A lot of people are very upset that Lamar Jackson wasn't in the top 10. I saw, I, for I the saw record, the, the anger. For the record, without you saying, for the record, I'm going to say, I think Lamar Jackson should have been in the top 10 QBs. Don't say yes. agree or disagree. I'm just telling you that that's what I think. I th I just told you don't say agree or disagree. I want we got it's got to be a mystery okay. to play this okay. game. Okay. I'm just going to well, tell I'm you angry. before we play because because I'm vain, I have to tell you what I think. Okay. I think that at minimum he should be ahead of Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, See, and then I see Deshaun Watson, and if if I can ignore everything around Deshaun Watson and just watch him play football, I don't know if I put Lamar Jackson ahead of Deshaun Watson, but I, I think I probably do. I just told you don't say what you think until I start asking you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you understand? Yes, go All ahead. All right, here go we ahead. go. Here's the game. I'm going to see how many QBs I can name before you say, no, Lamar Jackson's better than that guy. All right? Here we go. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Well, you can answer now. Aaron Rodgers is better than Lamar Jackson. Okay, well, when you shake your head like we're on an audio podcast, man. Well, you told nobody me to hears speak. your you nobody hears to, your jowls jiggling you, back you and told forth. Me to speak. You, all you said was you need to say no. Lamar okay. Jackson is better than him. So I was just going to the next quarterback. Oh, I see. Okay, I got you. And then maybe we can provide a little commentary on this. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has lost Devontae Adams. I don't know if you heard. I think people who are expecting him fine. to dip on for whatever reason are uh, have some sense of amnesia. I don't think Devontae Adams was bad for Aaron Rodgers, but I will point you towards the vast success Aaron Rodgers had when Jordy Nelson and Donald Driver and whoever else you want to throw out, J uh, you know, James Jones and otherwise were his pass catchers. I think there's a case to be made that someone on the level of Aaron Rodgers' greatness will 
benefit from being forced to spread the ball around and to lean on that running game and what should be a mighty defense, correct? Or yeah, no? Aaron Rodgers will be just fine, everybody. I'm, I'm not worried about the Packers' offense. I, I'm okay with this. Right, This is the ranking based off of last year, right? So, two-time MVP, good. Well, whatever their rankings are, I'm giving you I'm, – I'm just giving you – Great QBs yeah. in the QB league, and I want to see how how high you perceive Lamar Jackson to be on that list. All right, number two, the guy who was anointed when he had the gangbusters 2019, was it? Patrick Mahomes. Well, it was Everybody actually said, 20, it was 2018. He threw for 50 touchdowns. 2018, okay. Yeah. 2018, oh, when, you know, for sorry, Aaron Rodgers, you're no longer the greatest uh, human being in the history of uh, a football to play quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is now that. Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Okay. But he has been on, we now agree, the best roster he'll ever be on. He's that That's already come and gone. The best roster uh, he'll no. ever play on has already I, happened. I disagree. You do? Why? What's to what is thinking right now? I think that I think that there's I think that if you're talking about high-end talent like Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill, yes. But I think the depth of this team and the overall team will be better moving forward. Like, I think they're cutting – they're going to just be better overall. This is the best offensive line he's played with. There are going to be a chance to play the better defense going forward as they've gone younger and figured out how to draft certain guys. Like, he, he might not – he won't play with Travis Kelsey ever again, right, or Tyreek Hill. But he'll play with a better overall team moving forward, I think. Not Maybe not this year, but as they continue to draft better and pick up different players in free agency. Russell Wilson is not an old man, and he's not a young man. He's going to be around for he's going to be relevant for at least the next three or four years. Derek Carr is not an old man. Um, and Justin Herbert is obviously even younger than Mahomes is. The division is is rugged. Yeah. How many will Patrick Mahomes play in another Super Bowl? Are you yes. certain that he will get there? At least one. Yes. OK. Next up, the guy who is the MVP favorite right now, his team is favored to go to the Super Bowl out of the mighty AFC. Josh Allen. Um, I would not put uh, Lamar Jackson ahead of him. Do you agree with me that both organizations, assuming that the Ravens get the Lamar Jackson deal done and the Buffalo Bills, need to get in their QB's ears and say, we can't have you running around in October. You can't, you, you, you can't be our primary ball carrier in a game that w we need to survive um, against the Jets. You must save that. I know Lamar Jackson, it, it is essential to him that Lamar Jackson run around to succeed. Josh Allen is borderline that, in my opinion, too. It's not good for the Bills, though, for Josh Allen to be taking smacks week in and week out. How say you? It, it's not good, but I think it's hard. That is kind of what he is at times. But, um, yeah, I think that's something they could tell him, like, hey, man. But I think instincts take over, right? Like, don't run. Well, I'm getting pressure. I'm going to run. Like it's it just, I think it's now. Can they do a design quarterback runs? Yes, like that. That's, that's what, what I'm do. talking about. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would not call those unless you get to a must. You're playing, you know, the Chiefs or the Patriots. Or you're playing someone like you need to win those games. Uh, but he's better than Lamar Jackson. Yes, fans are now tuned into who the coordinators are of their team. I don't know that yes. casual fans knew about such things 25, 30 years ago, but everybody who is, you know, even an intermediate level fan can tick off all their, team, their the coaching staff and so on and so forth. Do people understand what it means when the coordinator moves on? How big an impact 
are people sleeping on the impact of having a new offensive coordinator in Buffalo? I think they are. I think it's going to be a, this could be detriment. If, if they don't play well this year, it's, I think this is the reason why. Brian Dable did a fantastic job of, of putting together an offense for Josh Allen. I know Ken Dorsey's taking over, I believe, you know, who's been there. But again, I mean, it, that was Brian Dable's offense. So um, I, uh, I'm i curious how that goes, but I think that Josh Allen's good enough to overcome that. I do wonder if they go to less empty protections, kind of maybe find ways to, for Allen not to get hit so much. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. If, if they don't play well, that's why. Okay. Next up, the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. At 45, we're not talking about prime Tom Brady or anything. I'm talking about right here and now. Would you rather have Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson? Who's the better quarterback? For this season, I'd rather have Tom Brady. Okay, so now we're four through four. Now let's get a little spicy here. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, who's the better quarterback in the— Now there are three candidates, including Watson, too, in the AFC North alone— Let's start with Joe Burrow, though. Magic man. Everybody loved him uh, six months ago. How say you? Joe Burrow or Lamar I would, Jackson? I would take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. Oh, we're through five here. See, now yeah. it's not so easy um, to just anoint Lamar Jackson one of the top ten quarterbacks. Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, I think I would take Herbert over Lamar Jackson. Oh, we're through six now. How about the reigning champion, Matthew Stafford? Um, I take Lepar Lamar over him. Okay, that's that's where we draw the line. The point is again that there are a ton of good options. I just don't think it's I think the outrage is definitely anybody. there. Like he's better than Dak Prescott, and in, in my opinion, right now than Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. We just think I play in like two years. I, I, that's I mean, true. Like on paper, but the thing people don't understand about these lists, it's all about like recency bias. Lamar did not play the back half of the season. Like he's not, and he's not going to to be on a list like this because of that. Sometimes it's just like the way. If, if Mahomes was hurt last year, he wouldn't be two entering this year. He'd be like five or six. Like he dropped down five spots. It's just what it is when you're hurt. So I'm with you. I think I think Lamar is about you know seven, eight, nine, ten ish. Why am I explain this one to me? I've taken this to several um, to several people, and from. What I've been able to observe from Baltimore media and the national media at large. Why am I the the person, as far as I can tell, talking the most about what the hell is going on, Baltimore Ravens? You got to sign Lamar Jackson already. What the hell are you doing? It's mid-July. How say you? Yeah. You know, what are they doing for real? So, you know, this is the media... Sports media tends to be very pro player, right? That's the way it is. Part of it is, you know, pro employee. Um, you know, they get their scoops from players and agents and whatnot. And so a lot of people don't want to say, like, hey, buddy, sign a contract. Like, come on, it's $200 million guaranteed. Like, let's do it and move it along. And so a lot of people, I think, are rooting for Lamar to get as much as he can to make the Ravens pay. Like, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't know. Give him a number. They say no. Then two hundred and thirty-one million dollars guaranteed. Right. That would be what I would say if I were no, Lamar and, Jackson. And, and, and did you, you see what that. the Browns did? Did you see what the Browns did, Bashadi? That's what I want for and me. I'm with you there. And the th- here's the thing, though: is like if you're the Ravens, I don't know, man. That's a lot of money. Like, are you like, are you a guy? To, like the Browns fucked everyone. Sorry for my language. Like they, first of all, they 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 traded for a player 
who has 25 credible allegations against him um, for sexual misconduct um, with massage therapist. And then not only did they do that, they gave him $70 million more guaranteed the next quarterback. Like they, you know, okay. You signed for like $1 more than, than Josh Allen, whatever the last big deal was. Okay, fine, whatever. But $230 million. If I was Pat Mahomes, I go back to the Chiefs and be like, give me $285 million, right? Give me $300 million. If you're Lamar, you're right. Lamar should not sign for anything less with two hundred and thirty-one million dollars guaranteed. But if you're the Ravens, and, like, and then, like, but you know what? You know, the 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 see again. Borderline conspiracy theory. The domino effect of that would be then Bashadi gets on the phone. Mahomes Mahomes does that. Mahomes says, "I want I I I'm certainly worth at least what uh, Deshaun Watson is, right?" Hunts and uh, and. Lamar Jackson says to Bashadi, like, hey, I ain't playing for you unless you pay me at least as much as Deshaun Watson is making guaranteed. Then those owners call Goodell. They are his boss. They say, you better drop the hammer on the Haslams for what they've done to this league. And we have the perfect excuse that Deshaun Watson isn't a great guy. Um, he's run afoul of the law, it would seem. You better drop the hammer on him. Why is that? I, but in the here and now. I completely get the money. I get the style with which Lamar Jackson plays. And it's also worth pointing out that when people start shooting their mouths off, if you run around, you're going to get hurt. Ironic or otherwise, remember, pocket guys, Drew Brees, ripped his shoulder and almost ended his career falling on it. Yeah. Funny. Drew, Tom Brady missed a full year of his career when he got hit in the knee in, in week one oh, after almost going undefeated. Peyton Manning had the bum neck. And so on. These are the classic pocket passers of the 21st century, and they get hurt too. It's a dangerous position. It also, though, you have a longer shelf life. Witness Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, who made it almost to 40, but um, was not the Ben Roethlisberger, you know, that he was for probably the first 13, 14 years of his career and the last three or four years of his career, but had to play with a very different style. You don't have the shelf life if you are exposing yourself to contact like that all the time. Also, there it's been proven now, Hollywood Brown, who likes Lamar Jackson, who's a pal of his, he didn't want to be in that offense. No one is ever going to come there to play in that offense as a pass catcher as long as that's the style they're playing. You must continue to draft and build for that very specific style of right. offense. I get the concerns of you're the Ravens, but also there is no way, there's no way around it. There's nothing you can do. You must have Lamar Jackson as your yeah. week one starter in 2022. And of course, he's smart enough to know. I'm sure for all the buzz that he's thrown out there, like, hey, I'm just focused on ball right now. We'll worry about the contract. Like, there's no way he's going to take the field yeah. in week one if he if he doesn't have a new contract, no, right? He, he'll play. Um, the Ravens, you know, what you mentioned is fairly interesting. And this is, again, this is not really, they're not going to do this. But, like, what if the Ravens say, you know what? No. We don't want to pay you. Um. We saw quickly they moved on from Joe Flacco to change the offenses midseason. I've now, talked no, about this exact no, same thing that no. that's extra weight uh, in the city of Baltimore as a football town. They already watched the Joe Flacco yeah. thing. I wonder how that impacts it. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. No Joe, no, Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson were very different points of their career. What if they're just like, you know what? We're going to trade you to somewhere else and use a first round pick on a young quarterback. Like, I, I mean, this draft has at least six guys that people are talking about as first round picks. There could be seven or eight by the time, you know, drop guys up up and down-ish. 
What if they're just like, you know what? Um, I don't even know who the who the team would be, but you know what? Team in the top ten. You want to make the, a splash? The Houston Texans. Yeah. Houston, yeah, so Houston Texans. We'll, we'll we'll give you Lamar Jackson now. Again, the money plays a role in this, right? So if they want to trade Lamar Jackson, then the other team's got to pick up the $230 million. Like that's part of this as well. But I don't think they would do that. And I'm not really I'm not really advocating for that. But they've been, you know, they've been forward thinking organization. Like, I don't know if there's a thought of that. Like, what if it doesn't go well this year? Like, it just, you know, the offense doesn't work and things aren't working out. And like, yeah, I just, eh, we'll trade. It's very low percentage this happens, but it's not a 0% chance, put it like that. I think it's, I, I don't, I, again, the thing that is the most fascinating part of it is that we don't hear anything about it. And it's and and they're going to camp in a couple of weeks. Well, I mean, what the hell is that? Well, it's I, I, uh, is it all based around the idea? Like, I, you know, uh, not to be so cynical about it, but like, are, are is Bashadi or are Deca- is DaCosta like? I think we can get this guy to play the full year to give it a, a run without having to give him a new contract. Let's see if that happens. Like, yeah. because otherwise, I, what, what I mean, what's what's going to satiate Lamar Jackson at this point? Well, and by the I, way, I just, in a larger way, why haven't we heard more guys doing exactly what you said? Like, hey, if the Browns are paying him that kind of bank, I'm a, yeah. I've been a, I've been not only a better quarterback, and there are a few guys who could claim that I've been better, um, and I've been a great A citizen and done great things for, yeah, he, for this town he, and everything else. Why isn't that even happening yet? I mean, he deserves all of the money. Like the Ravens should pay him two hundred thirty-one million dollars. Guaranteed, because as you mentioned, he's won the MVP, ten of the playoffs. He's been an upstanding citizen. His teammates like him. See, everything seems to be going well. Like they should absolutely do it. And um, also, you're, you're you're also as but, you said, and I agree with. They're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, Lamar Jackson could just make that all go away yeah. right now and just yeah. say, and if, and if he wants to, and I'm sure if he had an agent, wouldn't an agent tell him? Let's let, it's time to start making that noise. So, so here's let's, just, let's just make it clear to the organization. Yeah. You're no show in camp if you don't get a contract. So here's the thing today. about the agent, about the only thing I would say about why an agent would, would be helpful here. A, as you mentioned, you know, some advice, I guess, but I'm sure he's going to tell other people, but two, kind of a buffer, right? Like the Ravens might not want to pay him $230 million. And let's say they want to pay him 150 guaranteed. Okay. It's probably easier to tell the agent that than tell the player mm-hmm. to his face. Like, hey, buddy, we don't really value you that much as you think. So we're gonna, you know, you know what? Like, it's much easier for the general manager to be to call the agent. Hey, agent, here's what we're offering your player. Go tell him what it is. Instead of directly to his face, hey, we don't value you as much as you think we should value you. That's a, that's a tough. And maybe the Ravens are like, I. Uh, I, I don't want to have that conversation before, like right now. Okay. If you're the Ravens, why would you tell your quarterback that you don't think he's as valuable as he thinks he is two weeks before the season starts? You, you wouldn't do that. You would tell the agent that probably, but you won't tell the player that. So, and they give, and they are accustomed to, and I, I, I again, more cynicism from Dave, but I think that bullshit that Harbaugh does, 
that everybody cheers for that the play-by-play guys like, well, how cool is that? That the coach trusts the quarterback. He asks him on, on, on fourth and two, do you want to go for it here? Like this, well, John Harbaugh's not going to agree. I mean, I think that's overstated. And so Lamar Jackson has a sense of buy. It's, certainly, it, it's, it's a smart job by Harbaugh. Yeah. I of including the players in the decisions that he's already made. Also too, like any player fourth and 85, should we go for it? Hell yeah, coach. Let's go for it. Like, no player's going to say no. <laughs> he's already made up his mind. But, but this is why he's a good coach, right? Because he lets the players feel like they own that decision, which I'm not saying that players will play harder for that. But when that when you make that, when you get that first down, there's like a sense of different pride. Like, we did that. We told coach we want to do it, and we did it. And he trusts us. And we could do it again. And like that's it's why Harbaugh's a good coach, but yeah, of course he's already decided if they're going for it or not. Yeah, that kind of stuff it makes me think. And then you see the their back and forth in social media and in little clips and everything. And Lamar Jackson is 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 big purple guy and loves all things Ravens and is supportive of his teammates and everything else. And it all feels like the Ravens are are saying the right things to him. Like, you're the guy, Lamar, you're the guy. But they're not giving him the money. And I wonder if it comes to a head. Maybe we'll just, but, but you know, do, do go we, on we, Twitter we, one day and it'll be like, oh, yeah, the Ravens and uh, they've signed Lamar to a, to an eight-year deal and it's all settled. But I, I think it could absolutely blow up the our assumptions about the entire AFC yeah. if he doesn't get that deal. Because there's just I, – I think – I've talked to enough people – who have told me, like you say, he doesn't have an agent, but he has enough people in his ear, and he's one. Of, he, he obviously knows what he's doing with himself too enough to say, like, I'm not, I'm not playing another season. Did you see what happened to me last year? I got hurt last year. What yeah. if that happens again? You're definitely no one's going to pay me then. Yeah, the, the oddest thing I think about this so far for me is that we have not heard like a single leak about like numbers. You know, like, mm-hmm. like. What are what what are the Ravens offering? What is he asking for? I assume he's asking for two hundred thirty million dollars. But like we don't know. Like no one said anything. No one said like the Ravens have offered this amount of money. It's kind of surprising. Like there's been no leaks or any sort of any sort of meat on on the bone for that one. It is. It, I, I do think. Yeah. It's it's very weird and it's a dicey situation. Obviously, the Ravens can't let. He's not just. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of who's a a, a boring but good quarterback. Um, you know, it was a very straightforward. Tom Brady, you know, reason. Kirk Cousins, let's say. Well, let's just say. Okay, yeah, but Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, Lamar Jackson, in addition to being successful, is super duper exciting. So, from yeah. a PR standpoint, all the kids with eight jerseys, purple eight jerseys, would be outraged if you uh, if he got outside the building. Um, but even if they sign him and, and it feels like they ripped off the guy cause he didn't have an agent, that's going to, they're going to get a lot of pushback on that too. Like you're, you guys got over on, on poor Lamar who didn't have an agent. That was, that's, that's rude. That's mean. And gonna, that could create discord. I don't know to get over on Lamar without an agent, but again, like I think there's that buffer zone that's just not there in this in this negotiation. And maybe they don't need it. Um, if he's, con- I mean, I know this is stupid, but if he's conflict adverse like me, be like, all right, you know, whatever. I just want to get it done. I like it here. Just, just let's just do it. You know, if, if but if they're hinging things on on some of that, it's, uh, I, you know, I wonder if it's going to pay off for him because the the hour is late, Ravens. Let's I, go. Already. I know it's it's getting it's getting there, man. Like it's. 
It's it's I mean Campion next week Hall of Fame teams reporter I think it's happening. Yeah, I know. How um, are you? Have you have you by the way have you made your Steelers record prediction yet? I have not. No, I do that on the eve of the season. Okay. How would I know? I need all information. I think they're going to add an OLB at some point, like they did Melvin Ingram in late stage training camp, and I think they'll also add a vet uh, O lineman, probably a tackle somewhere along the way. So I, I can't wait, and I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to get injured along the way in training camp and otherwise. So I would, it wouldn't be fair to you or to, or to the man in the mirror to announce that in July. I can't, okay. I can't do it right now, Jeff. I okay. Sounds good. Um, is there, speaking of these rookie QBs, uh, Kenny Pickett being the first uh, chosen among them, which rookie QB, I think this is the first time in many years with all the talk about like, well, this is a good opportunity for the Rook to sit at the knee of the vet and learn a little bit. I think this year, because of where guys were drafted, it gives you, as the franchise, the right to just say, like, well, we're obviously going to roll with what we have here. Does anybody, the, which rookie QBs get meaningful snaps in 2022? Um, Desmond Ritter went to Atlanta, right? Yep. That's the one. Because oh, you, you think? I mean, you have Mariota, well, kind of one-year stopgap. Um, you know, Carolina, they're not playing. Is it Matt Corral? I always, I always get confused with Matt Corral and Sam Howell. It's Corral. I think Corral, Corral goes to, I think Corral, if Baker doesn't start, it's oh, Matt think, Corral think, well, before Darnold. I would I say it's, it's either Malik Willis at Tennessee or Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Really? I'm surprised by that. Malik Willis gets in there sooner rather than later. He's the guy who was supposed to be like, oh, no, been, go I, ahead. I, Shame I, the devil you would put him in in his rookie you mean, season. You, you, you mean outside of Kenny Pickett, right? We just assume that he's going to get the most playing time? I don't know. So assuming that Kenny Pickett's a first-round pick plays the most because he's a first-round pick, I would go to Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis next. I, you know, I know black and gold uh, colored glasses and all that. I, I do think that that Trubisky in that situation has a chance to succeed enough that they're not going to feel compelled okay. to, the, to yank him. The Trubisky he's going to have to have a stinker for okay. them to say, he's going to have to have at least one yeah. real stinker, like one big three pick game where they're like, all right, he okay. ain't it. Mr. Trubisky thing is so funny to me. Okay. So he, 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 he goes to Chicago, right? He doesn't play well. All right. So then he goes to Buffalo last year. He was pretty good in his rookie season. He had his moments. Okay. I mean, sure. Um, I'm just saying, circumstantially. He he again has a great defense like he had in Chicago. He's had some some moments, okay? Some very fleeting moments. Okay. Goes to Buffalo. Do you know how many throws he attempted last season for Buffalo? I mean, he was a backup QB. I don't know. He, He attempted eight. Okay. And now all of a sudden we talk about him like he played half the season and showed this improvement in Buffalo. Who talks that way? Nobody People talks do, that way. Like, you're like, oh, well, Trubisky, he was terrible in Chicago. He goes to Buffalo one year, now all of a sudden, oh, I don't, I don't know. Think I, Buffalo I, had anything to do with a goddamn thing. I just think that what I like is that you know Matt Canada, one of the tentpole things he's going to try to do is run that boot action role, which is what Mitchell Trubisky does well, and he's a big dude who runs well, and when he gets going downhill, is a scary proposition to jump in front of. He might be a punchline of a quarterback on some level, but I, I, if I were a defensive back, I don't want to jump in his way to tackle yeah. him. And I think that that's. I think he is a poor man's Cam Newton when he, or Josh Allen when he gets on the move outside the pocket and is a little bit of a handful with some real skill position guys around them. I'm going to miss Ben Roethlisberger throwing the most uncomfortable RPOs of my lifetime. 
<laughs> he could just he could never throw the ball properly in RPO. It just he was, was an old man trying to work a remote con- when remote controls became a thing. Like, what do I push to make it go? Like the RPO, like. I don't know how to hold the ball anymore. Like it was like, like, what the hell is happening like, to you, man? You like push it sometimes. <laughs> like it would. Yeah, well, that's right. Exactly. Right. It was very <laughs> weird. That's the weirdest thing of all time. Like he never like caught it, RPO back here, throw it. It was always like a push or like a weird thing. Find just, the laces. Who's got time? I gotta just get get rid of the thing. <laughs> it's just weird. I'm gonna miss. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that. All okay. Right. But okay. So you don't like Trubisky. So, so you're down on Trubisky. So you think Pickett gets in there. I think, and we talked to our pal Coley uh, about uh, uh, Boston sports um, guy. So he's not, he's not in the bag on any level for this. I think Sam Howell is the guy. I think Sam Howell is going to be in sooner rather than later in our nation's capital for the commies. And I think that will be a good thing for that team. The commies. I mean, no, I mean, he came any worse than Carson Wentz, so. Well, that's right. That's the point. The other Carson side Wentz, of the coin. Just, that, that guy just grinds my gears. Why so? So grinds when he put out that, when he put out, when he put out, when he put out that, when he left Indianapolis and he put out that statement about like going to Washington and in it, he talked about his accountability toward the Lord. Fine. I'm not like against that. That's fine. But, like, how about your teammates, buddy? Or, like, the people that pay you? Like, there's some accountability to them, too. Like, if you play a bad game and you're like, well, you know, the Lord, that was what the Lord meant it for me, uh, you know, for me today. Well, no. I, you're paid to win. You're paid to, like, to make plays. You're, you're, like, if I'm out there and you're just like, ah, oh, whatever, man. I'm sure it irks me doesn't play well. But the comments, like, I'm just like, dude. Be accountable to to your teammates, to your organization. It's okay to believe in a higher power. I, I have no problem with that. I do as well. Like it's fine. But like you have to, he doesn't ever say, like, I'm accountable to my teammates. I'm accountable to you know the people that pay me. It's all about like this, like, well, whatever is planned for me is planned for me. It's like and that that attitude, man, just like it's why he's no longer in the Eagles. It's why he's no longer on on, on the Colts. Like, you, well, it's you have funny to, because Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, it's not taboo or whatever. Like, it's they kind of wear it outwardly, so I don't think it's taboo to to mention the fact that that was part of. There is a, a group of devout yes. Christians who look out for each other. I mean, that's yes. a that's a real thing, right? In in the NFL, right. like yes. Nick, Reich and Ballard like the fit of Carson Wentz. They'll get him right. His his, uh, you know, his downward trajectory in Philadelphia, and it, but but we'll be able to fix this, and we'll get him into the right frame of mind, and all there, of that. There and it is seemed a group to work of, for a minute. There certainly is a group of spirit. Yes, there there that's there. There's not a Jewish one though, unfortunately. Um, but uh, there's definitely yes, there definitely is this tight knit community uh, in the NFL, which again, as a Jewish man, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know but, what we don't talk about enough as a society. Yeah. People, I you know, I don't care what religion you are, if you're atheist or whatever, but I don't think we confront the issue enough as a people, uh, a, a collective people, that Christians think that you and me are going to burn in hell. <laughs> I don't think we talk about, you like me? You think I'm a good guy? Oh, yeah, you're a great guy. You're fun to be around. Yeah, but you think I'm going to burn for eternity, right? So, I don't think we yeah. talk about that one nearly enough. Like, that's, doesn't that teammates. get in the way of our relationship that you think I'm doomed to hell? <laughs> I've had two teammates try to convert me, by the way. Um, really? yeah so in college i was driving to the mall with one of the with a teammate of mine and he's like 
he's like, oh, what would happen right now? Or what would you think? Or like, what would you do if the rapture came? And like, I just disappeared right now. I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, that's freaking weird. Okay, cool. It's like, what, 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 would you convert? I was like, no, no. Well, what if I disappeared? I'm like, I, I'd be like, oh shit, Ryan's gone. Um, <laughs> I'm not converting. And then another one of my teammates in New York, I was uh, eating um, breakfast with a teammate of mine. I ate breakfast every day. He was sitting there as well. And my teammate was joking me about I was eating a, a pork sausage and how kosher that was. And my and the guy was like, "You're not that's a, a big one for that's a big yeah. one for the goyim. Yeah. They think you said around now that I'm a practicing Jew, but they always go like, "Well, you're eating pork ribs, Dave. I didn't think you were allowed to do that. Like, I couldn't tell you one Jew who doesn't, who doesn't eat who doesn't eat pork in the 21st century. So, I don't know. Do you think I'm an Orthodox Jew? I mean, like." Was, I don't. I don't make my love through a sheet either. I mean, like what the, you know. <laughs> oh, I do. It's only only. Oh, way you to do, do it. still. Yeah. That's that. That's for the benefit yeah. of your wife. And no one wants a. My wife and I have two separate beds. Every two weeks, we split apart. While she's <laughs> menstruating, like, like it doesn't. Stop. So, so this guy, it goes on for two weeks for her. Yeesh. Can you can you imagine like the you like even rabbis now like they drive to synagogue every morning like on on, on the Sabbath like come on <laughs> like okay so this guy goes you're not a very good Jew are you and I uh, I was like whatever man and he goes um, if you take Jesus Christ as your savior you can be saved from going to hell and I was like I don't I, whatever I don't believe in hell whatever. Uh, well, he's blah, blah, blah. And he's like, then he's like, well, um, something like if you don't convert your son's going to hell. And I was like, all right, this conversation's done. It's like, that's, a, that's see, that's what I'm talking about. At least he confronted the, what, what he thinks. Like that's what I'm talking. we never, we, we don't really do it because it's so, it, it, it's so fundamentally dark and would create such a division among people. Like you, you think I'm going to burn in hell forever? I mean, shouldn't you just keep your distance from me altogether then? And the honest part, and the honest part about it too is like there's really just one sort of fundamental difference in the religion. It's like who the Messiah is. It's not like it's like right. that, like it's not like it's like we're two, we have the same old testament, like the same thing. We just stopped at the end of it. And you continued on with the New Testament. It's like not even that different. And dude, the questions I get, even like in my daily life sometimes about Judaism is just mind-blowing but we well, at least we live in the era when like my dad's friends asked you know they were asked if they had horns on their head and stuff so at least we're not in that, that area anymore oh when i when i met my uh college roommate who was from french lick indiana um and when i my first day at indiana university uh, i went in there and he had like one of those he had a real big tail in the back yeah, yeah. like he he looked like what i would have expected an indiana kid to look like and um, I apparently I it came up as we got to know each other that first day that I'm a, uh, I was Jewish. First of all, he found out I was from Pittsburgh and he's like, you're from Pittsburgh, PA, man, you from way out east, ain't you? Like, I mean, not that I'm just like a state over. What do you I, I think about? most and people then, think I think most people don't realize that there's an east and west Pennsylvania and how big the state is. I think most people think that Pittsburgh and Philly are very close. And then he, uh, then it came up that I was Jewish, and he's like, "You a Jew? I never met one before." And when he was so over the I, moon, I, dude. I, there are people I met in the locker room all the time and said, "You're the first Jewish person I've ever talked to," and I'm like, "Probably not," but like they just never, it never comes. I'm like, "Your agent's probably Jewish. You know that, right?" Like, 
<laughs> All right, there he goes for now, Eddie Spaghetti Jeff Schwartz, but he's going to be back with us, spoiler alert, on Tuesday's episode as well. We're going to continue to chop it up with him, um, pro football and college. Got to get his thoughts, obviously, on the giant shakeup that's going down right now. In the meantime, um, mentioned Sam Howell there. I do think he's going to take over. No one's really buzzing about him, but plus 7,500 for rookie of the year. If you want to get in on that juice, that's uh, that's hard to turn away from um, Malik Willis plus 5,000 there. Desmond Ritter got the shout out. That's not a crazy one to lay a little something on as well. Plus 2,500. Um, Kenny Pickett, the favorite at plus 700. Do you um, just make sure you do it at fanduel.com slash minus three. And like I say, we'll be back with more from the great Jeff Schwartz. Um, on the other side of the weekend. In the meantime, enjoy your British Open. Enjoy your baseball. Enjoy your free time, because before you know it, it's going to be sucked up by our beloved pro football and college. Can't wait for that. Until then, for Eddie Spaghetti, Jeff Schwartz, and everybody else at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>